to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 7th of April 2013, entitled Walk, Love and Good Works. And the Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Here's Brother Chris Mansfield. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 8. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. Today I'm going to talk about walking, loving, and good works. And if any of you know your Bible, um, you know Ephesians 2 is to do with walking by grace. And um, you've probably heard lots of sermons on it's not by works, least any man should boast. But I want to concentrate today on verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath, ma- uh, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. That's the verse that I, uh, I want to concentrate on. Now, um, before we can even get to... Um, what the good works are, we must first understand what the workmanship of Christ that has been created in us is. Before we can even get to the understanding of what works are, we need to understand what that workmanship is within us. The result of our salvation is that we are Christ's workmanship. We are his handiwork in God, Um, none of ourselves. Each born-again Christian is a masterpiece of God. I don't know whether you realize that, that you are his workmanship. You were created in his image. And um, I know that sounds a bit crazy because we know what we're like. We know that we're just frail. Yet Christ in you is that workmanship. It's not us. It's not anything that we can do. It's that workmanship in Christ. Um, When you think of it, God in us hasn't really got that much to work with as a you know we're sinful people we fail we're conditional we we're not stable yet even though within that raw material of us we are still his workmanship in christ and we need to fully understand that um we're his workmanship in christ um indeed the masterpiece that god has put within us is nothing less than a new creation through union with Christ. For if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and all things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is in 2 Corinthians 5:17. It's a very familiar verse, isn't it? Now, you know, I mean, everyone's um, knows I'm preaching because I've got my suits on. I'm not a, a cultured person, or, you know, I'm not that way. You know, I wouldn't know me, Monet's from, I can't think of anybody else to quote, but, you know, I wouldn't know my art or my poems or, you know, I just think, I just, I'm not that way inclined at all. But some people are, aren't they? And they can know by the brush strokes of a picture or the style of a poem or the way in which it's painted or the colours used, they can know who has painted that picture, who has written that piece of literature, who has put together that poem. And um, that is that um, workmanship in us. That is what Christ has done with us. He has put his spirit within us. He has created within us a new creation. And people should see 
the style of Christ in us. Just like you can look at a painting and see that's that style, or you can look at a poem and see that the man that has written that poem is that style. The new creation in us should create Christ working through us in his style, not our style. I mean, if we do it, it's like a painting by numbers, isn't it? It just don't look right. Or some dot to dot that you draw yourself. If we do it, our works will be like that. If Christ does it through us, people will naturally see Christ. That's what it's all about, isn't it? We're the light of the world. It's not, we, ain't, we ain't the light of the world. You, as individuals in your flesh, aren't the light of the world. It's Christ in you that is the light of the world. That's, that's what the Bible says. We haven't got nothing to offer people, have we? But the Christ within us has got something very much to offer people. So our works are related to who we are, that new creation in Christ, his workmanship. If we do anything, it's a painting by numbers. It's a, it's a, you know, a nursery rhyme instead of a, a great theological piece of literature like Shakespeare or something. So you don't just realize that. If, if it comes motivated by us from ourself, the work will be of no use to anyone. But if it comes from that created new creation within us, it's them are the works, it says there, that we should walk in. So the object of the new creation is found in this phrase, for good works. So we must first know that it's Christ in us that is going to perform the good works. It's not us without Christ, because we know that that can't save us or do any good at all. You know, it's not by our works. Otherwise, we could boast and say, oh, I've done it. It's about his works in us and through us. And then we can't say we've done it. We can glorify God, can't we? Pastor said this a lot, hasn't he? You know, if, it's, if Christ ain't in it, we don't want nothing to do with it. It's not our agendas. It's not our, uh, what we want to do. It's what Christ should be doing through us. So we are created to walk in good works. So we have got something to do. But it's not from our intellect, it's not from our minds, it's not from us at all. Otherwise, it's what the verse before is saying, we can boast in them things and say it's us. So we must get that right first. We are created to walk in good works. We must understand that. So it says the object to the new creation is found in the phrase for good works. While it is true that we are not saved by good works, it is equally true that we are saved for good works okay because it says we are to walk in good works we don't just sit and do nothing otherwise we'd be raptured into heaven and what's the point of being here we are saved to good works so you could look at it like this good works are not the root christ is the root good works are the fruit now you've heard that said a lot of times you know in john 15 it says abide in the vine doesn't it and you've heard it said, but do you really understand about an apple tree? It produces apples, doesn't it? We've heard this so many times, but we don't really get it. We have not got to work at all. We've got to let Christ work through us. Do you get that with the apple tree? And, you know, an apple tree, don't have to, you know, and an apple comes. We've heard that loads of times in church. But do we really get it? We have got to be in Christ to create, to generate the good works. Anything from us is stinky, filthy rags. And when we get to before the beamer seat, there'll be a massive big fire and all that will be in that fire. And everything that Christ has done through us, he has done it through us and we get the reward. How mad is that? 
you know, but we're going to get on, on, that's about page six, hang on. Um, so the aspect, this aspect is true, isn't it? And it's emphasised also in James, isn't it? In James 2, 14 to 26, it says there that faith without works is dead. And we know that scripture as well, don't we? But do we understand it? We say it, we quote it, we, we think we know it. Anything that we do outside of Christ is dead. That's what, exactly what it's saying. If you are, I don't want to offend anyone, but if you are giving tracks out because of guilt, that's a waste of time. Absolute, dead, work of the flesh, waste of time. If Christ is generating in you an unconditional love for the lost, that is a completely different aspect of reaching the lost. Peter Hutt give tracks out, don't they? They're in the town and in literature say, advertising who they are. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's from a different place. And we need to understand when it says, faith without works is dead. We've got to have the faith first before we can do the works. So that is what James is saying. And it's agreeing with what Paul is saying in Ephesians. We are created for good works, to walk in good works. God wants us to work in good works, but not of ourselves. That's what this verse before says, and that's what it says in James, that um, faith without works is dead. Um, faith, um, it's Christ working his works in us is a result of the new creation in us, isn't it, Brother Steve? It's like we ain't really got a heart for the lost, have we? It's Christ in us that's got that heart for the lost. I, I can say I ain't bothered in my flesh. I ain't bothered, but there's something in me that's bothered. There's something that is put inside of me, which is that new creation, that is bothered. You know, I was going to wear me, oh, Jane's got an Israel little badge like Steve, and I was going to try and put it on, but the clip wouldn't stay on. I, I don't know why I love the Jews. I don't know. You know, they, they can be really arrogant, can't they? Like it, most people can, do you know. Um, but there's something in me. Because God loved the Jews, because God has chose the Jews, there's something in me that loves the Jews. It's Jesus. It's Jesus in each of us that has given us the desire to reach the lost. If it comes from us through guilt, it's a work of the flesh. Really, really important. So the question arises then, well, what are good works? What, what is actually a good work, you know? And the, answer, the real answer to that question is, how long have you got? You know, I, I can't really tell you what a good work is. Is it the flower rotor? You know, is it, a, is it cleaning the toilets? Is it being a mom? Is it being a good husband? Is it being a street evangelist? Is it being a missionary? All I know is, if you're a born-again Christian, you have got Christ in you. And we, Steve talked about the Holy Spirit just as I come in this morning. It says, no man teacher, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Jesus in you is the one that will show you your good works. If we start comparing ourselves with how good Steve preaches or how good pastor preaches or how much Steve has got a heart for the lost and I'm feeling, oh, I ain't got a heart for the lost like Steve, right? It's Jesus in you that wants to live through you. Just let him live his life through you and stop. We don't need to compare ourselves. We're not going to stand as Bethel Free Baptist Church before Jesus 
as a congregation with pastor first and then the elders and then the deacons and then, you know, me somewhere at the back. We ain't gonna, it, we're going to stand there on your own and give an account. So don't compare yourself one to another. If we all compare ourselves to Christ, he will show us what to do. And you're telling me if we don't all do that, good stuff isn't going to happen. You're telling me the God of the Bible, Jesus in us, if we start yielding to him, that all bad stuff's going to start to happen and we're going to start arguing and backbiting and being jealous. It's not going to be like that. God brings order. We bring confusion. So what are our actual good works? If you turn to if, um, Hebrews 10, 24, I can't really, I ain't really got the time to go into what actually good works are, but I can tell you what you need to have to get the right motive for good works. So Hebrews chapter 10 and um, verse 24. And it says there, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We need love first before we can even consider what good works are. Before we can get on the next step of our faith, we need to understand what love is. It says provoke one another to good works. So we've got to have love right in us, haven't we? That motivation. If we are tithing because we're guilty, anything, tithing, flower rota, preaching the gospel, homeschooling your kids, if it's from you, outside of Christ, it's a work of the flesh, and it says it's a stinking load of filthy rags. If it's Christ in you that is motivating you to do these things, is not God love? Is not God? That's his main aspect of who he is, isn't it? It's his love. And that love there is agape. It's God's love in you. It's Jesus in you. That's what it's saying. It says get love right in your heart. And then you can walk in good works. Now, we, our love is conditional, isn't it? Our love is totally 100% conditional. I like them because they like me. But if we've got that love right in our hearts, we can love the unlovable. We can love that stinky person. We can love that drug addict. Now, we can look at them and think, Ugh, but there's be something in you that desperately loves them. It's Christ in you that loves them. It's the love of Christ in you. Now, I've got um, a lump on the back of my shoulder. And uh, we need to really look at what good works are. And are we defined by what we do or who we are? Right? This is what I want to try and point out now. I've got a lump on the back of my shoulder. And it's like a fat, it's like a lump of fat. And I says, I've been, I've had it years, but the last year it's really grown quick. So I thought, oh, cancer, you know. Been to the doctors, he says, there's a really, really point, point, point chance that it's cancer. It's a lump of fat. I've seen them a thousand times. We'll cut it out. So I thought, well, that's good then. It really grew. It went from like the size of my thumbnail to the size of like a tomato in about two, you know, really quick. So I thought, oh. So... I've been to the doctors, but we, before we just talk about that, I want to talk to you about old habits. You know, we are programmed from a young age, aren't we? Be nice. You know, you say that to your kids, don't you? Be nice, share. You know, um, at work, there's work sort of like motives to, for reward. If you get this deadline, you get a bonus. You get a perk. Yeah? Um, 
or we define by our achievements or who we are. You know, Steve's um, Tinnika's an accountant, and Steve and Peter likes his trains, and you know, there's all the individuals that we are, and um, we can be defined by what we do. Like on the building site, I'm Plum Bob. I, I ain't got a name. You know, I'm Plum Bob. Plum Bob. And the chip is chippy. The carpenter and the sparky sparky. And the plaster spread. They ain't, we ain't got names. We're defined by what we do. Plum Bob, come here. Or, you know, it's, that's how it's like. You ain't got a name. You're defined by, you know, I can work with people for 10 years and not know the name. Because that you're defined by what. And that's what I want to get at with this doctor. I went to the doctor and um, he was a little kind of um, Asian guy. Very professional. You know, he'd got his expensive suits on. Would imagine he'd got his, uh, his BM or his Mercedes outside. Worked hard. Very professional, but got no kind of like communication skills, you know. Not like a, a doctor that you'd go and see in your local surgery that's very looks at you and wants to talk. He's a, you know, so he's, he's writing down and he's asking me about my lump and he's measuring it and he's saying, well, we'll do a local, we'll inject it, we'll cut it out, you'll have a, a couple of days of pain and it'll be gone. So he's writing all this down and I'm thinking uh, to myself, if I start a conversation, maybe God can use me to speak to him about the gospel. Right, something in me was thinking that it ain't me because I don't care about him. I don't genuinely, I don't give a monkeys. That is, you, you gotta be the, tr you gotta be truthful. We don't care. It's God in us that cares. So I'm there. I'm thinking, right, I'll talk about the weather. It's a new hospital in Warsaw. Talk about even when having none of it. Right, not a. So he's writing my prescription out, and I says to him, "You can't be a real doctor." And he looked straight up to me, and, I, and he says, "Why?" I says, "Because I can read your writing." And he said, he said, I'm not a doctor, I'm a surgeon. So I thought, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? But this is what I'm getting at. He's defined by what he is as a surgeon. That's his whole being and life. But he's a man. He's probably a dad. He's probably an uncle. Do you know what I mean? Don't be defined by what you do. Be defined by who you are. We are Christians, Christ in us. The hope of glory, that's what I'm getting at. Too long are we programmed by what we do. I'm an ex-Catholic. So we're, we're programmed to be guilty. We're programmed to go to church. We're programmed to, to, to you go to church, and it's kind of like you've got to do mass, and you've got to do this. You're programmed that way to appease God. God's so holy, and we're not so holy, and we have to work to, to get that salvation, you know, and... Don't be defined by what you do. Be defined by who you are. A Christian. We are Christ on this earth. That's the, his body, aren't we? So um, turn to Mark 10, 17. Now, anybody that knows the Bible knows this is the rich young ruler. Have a quick read of it. Right. There's a rich man come to Jesus and he said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, There's no one good but God. Now, would they, just stop there. Ain't, ain't got Jesus good? So ain't, what's going on there? Have you ever asked yourself what's going on there? Jesus is the only thing that's ever been good, yet he's uh, he been saying, no, I ain't good. Only God is good. So what's going on there? You, we can know what's going on by what comes next. Jesus says to him, um, he wants to have the kingdom of God, doesn't he, the rich young ruler? And Jesus said, and he talks about the law, doesn't he, to him? And the man says, I've kept the law. You know, but Jesus says, okay, you want the law, I'll give you the law. Give all your money away. If you want to be defined by the outward, 
Give all your money away. You will look good on the outward. Everyone will see that you was the rich man that give all your money away. But you won't ever get into the kingdom of God. The, the rich ruler was looking at Jesus as a good teacher. He wasn't looking at him as the Messiah. Jesus on the earth saving this world. He was looking at what he did and not who he was. Do you understand the difference? Major difference there, isn't there? Don't be defined by what you do. Be defined by who you are. Now, another person, Nicodemus. John chapter 3, verse 2. Nicodemus, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm rushing you, but I really need to get a, a move on. You know, you, know, you know the story of Nicodemus, don't you? Nicodemus comes by night, he's a Jew. He says to Jesus, good teacher, same thing. But he says, we know that your works that you're doing prove who you are. Read it. He says, we know you come from God. Different scenario. He could see the works on the outside, but he knew it was pointing to something more. Not like the rich ruler. Jesus didn't answer this question in the same way there. He said, you must be born again. Can you see the difference? Jesus did what he did to prove who he was. Some people only saw what he did, not who he was. Nicodemus could see that he was a good teacher, could see the works that were the Messianic miracles. Jesus did Messianic miracles to prove that he was the Messiah. Nicodemus knew this, knew that he was the, possibly the Messiah. And he said, we know you've come from God. The rich ruler never said that. He wanted to look good on the outside to everyone. The law makes you look good to everybody else, but it won't change your heart. It will harden your heart. The Lord is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It's, point, it's saying you can't keep it. You will never keep the law. Who kept the law? Jesus kept the law for us in every aspect, didn't he? We can't do it. The Bible says the Lord resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The, 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 the rich ruler was very proud. The Lord resisted him and gave him more law. He said, I've kept, the, I've kept the Ten Commandments. Jesus says, keep this, then give all your money away. I'll make the law for you, but not in a way. It's a way to kind of like say, it ain't in that. It's in me. Just as Nicodemus said, it's in me. Big difference, isn't it? Don't be defined by what you do. Be defined by who you are. So, good works are only good when they come as a result of the new creation in us. It says in there in Ephesians, we are to walk in his workmanship, walk in good works. So it's only good when it comes from God. That's easy to understand, isn't it? If it comes from us, waste of time. So there in, if he, in um, Hebrews 10, 24, it says, let us. There's already th three more let us's before that in 22 and 23 and 24, right? And it says that we are to, um, in verse, in Hebrews 10, 24, it says there, let us draw near with our heart. Second, in 23, it says with our mouth. And third, where we are to, in regards to the church and doing good. So you could say, draw near in faith, hope fast, um, hold fast in hope, stimulate in love. Let every man seek to stimulate and encourage now, we're not to irritate one another. It says provoke one another to good works. 
that ain't kind of like nah, 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 provoking. It's kind of like a stimulant to provoke to good. But it ain't saying, do what I'm doing. It's, it's saying, go back to love. Go back to Jesus. Love, then good works. We, we, it's, every conversation we should be having with each other should somewhere be pointing back to love, back to Jesus. I love the millennium. I love the end times. I'll spend hours all night talking to you about it. But Spurgeon says, the millennium's a waste of time if Jesus ain't in it. The second coming, who's that about? Is it about the ball judgments? No, it's about Jesus, isn't it? So our motivation for good works must come from Christ in us. And it says, let us provoke. Now, that doesn't mean point out sin, be an irritant, let your tongue go and be all criticizing one another. It doesn't mean that at all. The consider there, it says, let us consider, it means to cast your mind down. But first we need to have casted our mind down on love, on Jesus, before we can get to casting our mind down on anyone else. We need to have understood what love is. Do you know, I've said this joke before, you know, everyone gets a new name in heaven. I've said my name will be Justin because I'll just get in. But that's completely wrong. Do you know, it says we can enter boldly into the throne room. You know, are you going to get to heaven and feel a bit kind of tentative to get through the door? Or are you going to go, da-da, I'm here, God. Because that's what it's saying. We can enter boldly into the throne room. We haven't got to worry about doing any work. He will work through us if we know what love is. Christ in us. So it says, let us consider love first. Christ in us, then we can move on to good works. We must continually consider to stir one another up in love and then good works. Before we can consider anything else, we must have first considered Christ. Christ is our apostle, the sent one, the sent one, the apostle. Christ is our priest, is the prophet, is the um the first fruits, isn't he? We should consider him first before we consider any good works. If you've got the wrong idea of what love is, what's going to happen to your works? That will be wrong. Completely and utterly wrong. The mark of a Christian is love, isn't it? It ain't works. It's love. Love, then good works. Loving hearts are gardens. Loving thoughts are roots. Words are the flower and good works are the fruits. There's more poem for you. <laughs> I can't even quite upon him, that's about it. Um, our idea of God's love must be right, which resulting in a good motive for good works. Now, let's look at people who haven't got Christ. People who have got religion, but not Christ. So if, let's just look at Islam. I ain't got a heart for Islam, but God in me has. There's a big difference. Wednesday night, a miracle happened, I tell you. And um, we had a real time of blessing with a guy, a Muslim guy. And we need to pray for him. And if, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later if you want to talk to me about it. It was a, it was a really good time of witness, Pastor. And the, the ladies was praying and me and Pastor were talking. But I, I, I'd said to God, I can't, be bothered, I can't be bothered with him anymore, God. I'd said that to him. But God, give me another chance. And God did. So anyway, Islam. Islam has got the wrong idea of love. You know the woman caught in adultery? And the Jews were going to stone her. That's religion. Stone her. 
Give her all, everything you got. Islam would do the same. Catch a woman in adultery and stone her. Jesus says, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. Big difference, isn't there? Love versus hard religion. So if you haven't got love right from Hebrews 10.24, it will affect your works. And um, you have the wrong idea about love. It affects everything else. So you feel like you've got to, as a Muslim, you've got to pray three times a day, haven't you? You've got to kind of like, um, each year you've got to do a pilgrimage, haven't you? You know, you've got to read the Quran and you've got to have a certain dress code, haven't you? The ladies have got to have a certain dress code. But because of love being wrong, the works are wrong. So you can look at Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, they come on the door, they open your door. I know for a fact that they've been sent by the watchtower. They ain't bothered about me. And I've asked them, I said, are you really concerned about me and my family? And I can tell by the look on the face, they ain't bothered. They have been sent because it's part of their salvation to knock doors. You know, the church is going to be knocking doors next week. It's completely different. We want these people out here to be saved. You know, they don't know what, we, what God can do, but we do. Big difference. So Jehovah's Witnesses, they've got the wrong idea of love, haven't they? You know, and they are made to knock, door, knock doors. They are, they've got to get to the Watchtower Convention every year. Otherwise, it's like they're frowned upon and, you know, it's a major sin for them. And, you know, they've, they've, they can't have blood transfusions and they can only read um, Watchtower literature. If you give them anything else, it's like they've told, they've been, they're told by the leaders, it's like pornography. Anything else is like pornography unless it's the Watchtower material. So if you haven't got love right, it will result in the works being wrong. And then how long do you want me to go on about Catholics? Roman Catholics, now ex-Catholic, my family was ex-Catholic. There is, there is an extremely superstitious view within Catholicism of God. We need to kind of like be careful of God because he's totally unpredictable and he might do stuff. And we need to go to church to keep on the good side of God. We need to pray to saints. We need to, you know, get to mass. We need to pray to the saints to help us do stuff and completely wrong idea of what love is which motivates wrong works but you know in you can be the same thing if you come up with it you're just like a muslim a jehovah's witness or a catholic it's coming from your flesh from you it needs to come from the new creation within you christ pastor's been saying this this is what's motivated me to bring this message pastor's been saying this for at least three weeks within the prayer meeting we don't, if it ain't Christ, we don't want anything to do with it. Have you heard that, him say that? He's been saying it, hasn't he? It's got to, we don't want our agendas. We want Christ in us, motivating us. So um, all of the above come from a very superstitious and a hard view of what God is, which results in kind of like wrong works. So the motive for our good works can be summed up in love, and it's agape love. It's not any other love, but agape love. And I've got to, I've got to say this. Um, this is I've jumped out of this, but I've got to go back to it. God, God wants me to tell you this. Do you remember Peter? Peter says to Jesus, Jesus says, oh, "I've got to go, and you can't come with me." And Peter says, "No, I'll come with you." And Jesus says, "No, you won't. You can't. He's going to the cross." And then. Um, Jesus says to him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, I love you. And Jesus says, no, do you love me? And Peter says, God, I'm not, you know, I love you. And then the next time he says, 
you love me? And Peter says, you will know all things. What did Peter's love do? His love for God, where was he when Jesus was being crucified? Where was he? Warming his hands by the world and what? Denying him? His love for God caused him to deny Jesus. Now, who was the disciple who Jesus loved? John. Where was John? At the foot of the cross. Can you see the difference? His love, God's love for John, kept him at the foot of the cross. Peter's love for Jesus caused him to deny him. Can you understand what I'm getting at there? Anything of our love, our motives, our desires, our compassion, anything, it will cause a mess. It's our love, it's God's love in us and through us, just like John. John was the disciple who Jesus loved, and he was there at the cross, and he says, behold, you know, your, your son, your mother, look after my mom. Big difference, isn't that? So... So we know that works don't save us, but we also know that we've got to walk in good works, don't we? Because it says works don't save us, but in Christ, in that new creation in us, we're created for good works. In Ephesians 2.10 and in Hebrews 10.24, we're to walk in good works, love and good works. Um, the works we do that are ordained by God, we should walk in them. Those are the good works. Now, I ain't going to tell you what a good work is because it's, your, it's God in you. We're all at different places. We all know different things. We've all got different talents, haven't we? You know. But, be, like, I don't, this is going to sound dead prayer, but I, I don't get nervous standing here. I love it. I don't get nervous. But some people do. But God can use the nervous people to be just as good preachers or just as bad preachers. Sometimes in spite of who you are, if you're a very nervous person, isn't, it's, it ain't you that's got to worry about being nervous. You know, if we look at the surrounding community and we think how, how much good's got to be done around this community and how much we need each other, it'll crush us, won't it? How much good's got to be done in our community? Us, it will crush. But isn't everything small to God? Everything is small to God. And Jesus is in us. So the community and the works that need to go be in us is small. So if you're a nervous person, I'm sorry, it's no excuse. God ain't a nervous person in you. If you've got hang-ups or you feel uncomfortable doing certain things or you've got, you know, maybe real problems, it's Christ. He ain't got no problems. It's him in you that's going to work through you. You just need to move out the way and let him work through you. Too much, we are told, we're saved to work. Now we are, but we're not to save to work in our agenda and us. We might as well be Catholics or Muslims or Jehovah's Witnesses. Aren't we Christ's representative on this earth? Aren't we the light of the world? How much work did Christ do on the earth? He healed somebody, he didn't heal all. And it says greater things shall ye do, us, than he did. But that's because he's in all of us. He's kind of like in every single Christian. So he's going to work through us into the world, isn't he? Please understand, we've got good works to do. But the motivation for our good works don't come from us. You can do them, 
And do you know what? You'll just get exhausted. The, the, what does the Bible say? The burden of the Lord is what? Light. You're telling me, how can that be? It's because God not only picks the burden of that work up, but he also picks you up as well and carries you both. It says in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 that we are co-workers with Christ. We're his husbandry, we're his building. The context, it's 1 Corinthians 3 9. I know I'm going really, really fast. 1 Corinthians 3 9. The context of this verse is about one person um, planting, one person watering, but God giving the increase. We are laborers together with God in spreading the gospel. Now, when I first got saved, I was told that I'd got to be a witness. And I just blurted it out to everyone, and it was a waste of time. Now, if I haven't witnessed to someone to, today or tomorrow, I don't feel guilty. I genuinely don't feel guilty because God knows people's hearts, not me. It's like we're blanket evangelism. Tell everyone because somebody might, God might be drawing. Why not just rest and let God work through you and you can hit the nail absolutely on the mark. That's what happened on, um, on Wednesday. There was a man, he was panicking and religious and God showed us what to say to him and he stopped and listened now I'd already said to God I don't want anything to do with that man anymore God he does me Eddie but Christ in me hadn't finished with him and we need to pray for him so we can relax in God we have not got to work otherwise we are paying for our own salvation aren't we if we're working to make God pleased with us, that's saying that what Christ has done hasn't made it pleasing to God. That's sweet favour to God. We should be motivated by Christ in us. But we also do get rewards. We do. The Bible says we get rewards. And um, in um, Hebrews 11.24 it says, um, Moses left Egypt for he had respect or he looked to or he looked onto the, the um, compensation of his reward. He looked to a reward. In um, 2 John 8, it says, Look to yourselves that you lose not the things which you have wrought or worked for, that you will receive a full reward. We, Christ works within us, and we get the reward. That ain't it. It's like, it's like saying the work, um, you know, at work, it's like your partner works hard, yet you get the bonus. That's what God's saying there. He's saying, I will work through you, and it won't be you. It will be me through you, and I'll reward you for it. Ain't that God's just so fantastic to say that? That he works through us, yet he even rewards us for what he's doing through us. That is love, isn't it? That's that agape love, that unconditional love he just loves all of you more than you can ever understand. And because we love each other, it, we should be banging each other in the ribs, provoking to love one another, to love Jesus, to walk in good works. That, it says, to provoke, it means to sharpen a stick and poke. But love first, poke to love first, then we can poke to good works. We can, we can be so... If I suddenly was so in love with Jesus, 
or, you know, more than you've ever seen me before. You're telling me that's not going to affect you. It is, isn't it? You know, if we've got someone in this church, they say, on fire for Jesus, don't they? But it's about love, really, isn't it? If we were so in love with Jesus and every conversation we had was talking about him, not, not like the book, if, but him, do you know what I mean? It's like the Bible is a doorway to Jesus, isn't it? Every page has got Jesus on it, hasn't it? We need to understand that, as Pastor has said, we need to have Jesus' agenda. We need to do what Jesus is doing through us. And when we can get that, we can relax and enjoy the love of God. When you're a Catholic or a Muslim or a religious person, you can never relax. You can never know if you're saved, can you? We know we're saved because of that workmanship of Christ in us. So it says provoke to love, to good works, and then we can walk in God's... And I ain't going to tell you what you need to do because that, that, that would be me being Jesus for you, wouldn't it? You need to be motivated to love. How much are you going to be yielded to Christ to let him work through you? Are you going to let you be nervous or you being this kind of person or that kind of person? Get in the way of what God can do through you. It ain't an excuse to be a nervous and angry person. If you, you know, if you, let's say, oh, I've said this to myself, you know, I've had a right day at work. I've, I've been really angry. I can't witness to someone today because I've had a bad day. That's completely wrong. That's me. That's me. Jesus can still, in spite of me, you can have a bad day. You can, you know, get done for speeding and still witness to the bloke who's giving you the speeding ticket because it's Jesus in you. If he's got to wait for us to be perfect, he'd never use any of us, would he? He's, Jesus has got to get his hands down dirty, hasn't he, and use us. He's already done it when he was on earth. He was kicked, spat on, beard ripped out, despised, rejected for us, wasn't he? And he does the same now. He's got to come down and get his hands dirty when he wants to use us. Are you going to be one of God's favourite tools to be used by? That when he picks you up, it just feels right in his hand, like a carpenter in his chisel or his hammer. Feels right, and he, he just knows that that's the right feel to, to make this chair or this roof. Or how blessed would it be for us to move out the way and let God work through us? Don't be. I say this. I ain't religious. You probably heard me say that. But we can be programmed to be religious without even knowing it. Check your motives. Is it Christ in me or is it me without Christ? Let's put our hands together and pray. Lord, we, uh, we do thank you, Lord, for um, who you are in us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, we understand, Lord, that um, we can do nothing without you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will uh, encourage us to love you more and to love each other more, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to walk in your good works. Lord, we're tired of our own selves, Lord. We're tired of our own motives. We're tired of our own love. We're tired of our own agendas. But, Lord, we know, Lord, that you desire to use us, Lord. We pray that we would be that favourite tool of God, Lord, that favourite uh, implement that you could use in this community. Lord, we do pray, Lord, that you would help us with our hearts, that we would yield it over to Christ. Lord, help us... You know, we hear the phrase, Lord, give it up to God. But, Lord, we really do need to do that, Lord, to move us out the way 
and let God work through us. Lord, we know that that is the answer, Lord. And we do pray, Lord, that you will help us with what we've heard today. And that, Lord, when we are, in one sense, being religious, but not being Christ-like, Lord, that you will pull us up and help us to understand the truth that we are that new creation. All things have been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, Lord, we do pray, Lord, that you will speak to us and that you will glorify yourself through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.